You're tuned in to the thinking power. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. want to welcome you to a brand new edition of the thinking out loud radio show we're excited to be back again with another episode for you that i'm sure you're going to enjoy in this edition of the thinking out loud radio show um we are talking to a, a very dynamic young man uh Dijon talks uh he is a motivational speaker a Host, a spoken word artist, uh, advocate, entrepreneur, and so much more. One thing that I'm known for out here is a prison reform advocate. Um, I actually just became the National Reform Director for New Order, which is a national organization in the United States. We just got recognized um, by, um, by Georgia for the work that we're doing in the community. We're on every news station. Um, we, we've been around for since 1992. <laughs> um, we've been doing a lot of work, and I just got recognized as one of their um, reform directors to talk about exactly this. It's time, 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 time. We're out our radio show. Number one, put God first. Put God first in everything you do. Everything that you think you see in me, everything that I've accomplished, everything that you think I have, and I have a few things. Everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. Each that you have, whatever it is you want to do, that thing that you want to do to help others and to, to grow and to make money, that desire, that itch, that's God's proof to you sent beforehand already to indicate that it's yours. And anything you want good, you can have. So claim it. Work hard to get it. When you get it, reach back. Pull someone else up. Each one, teach one. Don't just aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter 
to you. I want to welcome you to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're excited to be back again with another episode for you that I'm sure you're going to enjoy. We didn't have a new show last week. Took a little time off, quite busy, but um, doing some catching up. And uh, we do have a brand new show with um, a wonderful guest that I can't wait to share with you. But before we get into any of that, uh, I know there's quite a bit going on, actually, that I wanted to weigh in on. Um, First and foremost, I want to give a special, special shout out to my mother, uh, who is celebrating her birthday on today, April 30th. Uh, It is a special day uh, for her and for all of us. So want to send uh, our love to her uh, on her special day. Uh, special shouts out to her uh, on her birthday. Uh, our my birthday is actually April first, and hers is April thirtieth, and uh, that works out so well uh, for us and our family. Kind of bookend April uh, with uh, my birthday being the first day of April, and hers being the last day. So again, shouts out to her uh, on her special day. So, a lot going on in the world of sports. Um, of course, you know, the NBA playoffs are in full effect. And I um, want to give a special shout-out to Coach Willie Green and the New Orleans Pelicans. They played a phenomenal season. Uh, their season ended a couple days ago against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the series ended up uh, ending 4-2 uh, to two, uh, in favor of the Phoenix Suns. But... The New Orleans Pelicans played a phenomenal series. Uh, this this team is definitely going to be one to reckon with this coming season. And Coach Willie Green is definitely one of the up-and-coming uh, coaches in the league that we need to keep our eyes on. But the Pelicans are doing a great job and have done a great job, and we're just looking for bigger and better things from them. Shouts out again to Coach Willie Green and the New Orleans Pelicans. But... Um, I am, you know, really, really looking at uh, the Boston Celtics as my um, as, as the team coming out of the East. I know the Milwaukee Bucks uh, are, you know, the, the the defending NBA champs, and the fact they're playing Boston on this coming Sunday at one o'clock on ABC. That's going to be a game to watch, a series to watch, and uh, of course, you got to give a nod to the the Bucks for being the defending uh, national defending NBA champs, but I don't know. I, I really, I'm really giving. I'm really leaning more towards the Boston Celtics because of how they handle the Brooklyn Nets, and they're the only team so far that has swept their opponent. Um, and you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit. And I really believe that their with their defense, um, that's going to be a problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. So I got them actually making it to not just the Eastern Conference Finals, but making it to the finals. And for me in the West, uh, it's the it's the Golden State Warriors. I don't see any team in the West as strong as uh, strong offensively and maybe even defensively as the Golden State Warriors. I know the Phoenix Suns are the number one team 
in the playoffs right now, but Devin Booker is coming off of an injury. Uh, Chris Middleton for the Milwaukee Bucks is injured too. So I, I see it, it. I think it's going to be Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors in the finals. And at that point, you know, the, you know, may the best team win. Um, that's going to be a series. Uh, that's who I'm picking to make the NBA Finals, and in any of those, either of those teams uh, could win it all, and I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad about it. So that's my pick for the NBA Finals. Just wanted to weigh in on that. And uh, the the NFL draft just happened on, or is happening now. It uh, started on Thursday. I want to give a special shout out to. Uh, running back Kenneth Walker from Michigan State University, who was drafted in the second round, pick 41, going to the Seattle Seahawks. Shouts out to him and Coach Mel Tucker for doing a phenomenal job with this young man transferring from, uh, transferring from, oh wow, he transferred. Wow, I can't remember where 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 boss where he was. He was a transfer. I'll leave it at that. Transfer um, to Michigan State, but this guy um, is definitely uh, a steal, and uh, for him to make it to the NFL is tremendous. And to all those athletes, football players that getting drafted this, this over this pat over this weekend. Uh, it, it's tremendous. This is um, a crowning achievement for many of them who have. You know, devoted most of their life to the craft, and the NFL draft is uh, kind of like the culmination of of all of that. So, uh, a lot going on in the world of sports. Just wanted to weigh in on what's happening there. But in this edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, um, we are talking to a, a very dynamic young man. Uh, Dijon Talks. Uh, he is a motivational speaker, a host, a spoken word artist, uh, advocate, entrepreneur, and so much more. Uh, his testimony is tremendous, and I can't wait uh, to share it with you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're calling it A Changed Man. And I, he is indeed a changed man. Once you hear his testimony, you will be blown away and he has so much to share and I can't wait uh, for you uh, to uh, to hear uh, from this powerful uh, speaker this motivational speaker spoken word artist uh, entrepreneur and more uh, in just a little bit shouts out to Dejan talks and all that he is doing looking forward to sharing with you our interview with him in just a little bit And uh, as a part of this week's show and this week's thought of the week, we have got a powerful thought from uh, Oscar Award winning actor uh, and motivational speaker in his own right, uh, Denzel Washington. Uh, This is a commencement address that he gave uh, and it's called Put God First. And he ended he's sharing some powerful, powerful uh, keys to success. Uh, one of them being put God first. And I thought it would be appropriate to share uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I can't wait to share this thought with you at the end of this week's show. 
also uh, I'm excited about something that's happening in one of the, my favorite genres of music Christian hip hop uh, just recently uh, on Sirius XM they have added a uh, Christian hip hop channel channel 154 uh, on the Sirius XM uh, network and I am so so very excited about it I've had my uh, I listen to Sirius XM all the time and this channel channel 154 is live and shouts out to all of the DJs that are on there DJ Wado Dice Gamble uh, DJ I Rock Jesus they've been on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and to James the CEO James Russo uh, who is uh, goes by the name of Trig who also has a, um, a show on there as well uh, I wanted to make mention of that because we're going to have the CEO of of the Holy Culture Network with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and uh, and I can't wait to share this interview with you uh, he is a dynamic uh, CEO and CEO of Holy Culture Network as well as Core Solutions Link very excited about uh, his interview that's coming up on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Stay tuned for that. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. We're going to be letting you know when uh, this uh, dynamic CEO will be with us. But just wanted to make mention of that uh, to keep your ears and your eyes posted uh, because we're going to be sharing with you that interview in just a little bit. Guys, we're getting ready to take a break, but when we come back, I'm jumping into my interview with this dynamic motivational speaker, host, spoken word artist, entrepreneur, and so much more. Dejan Talks. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nemes, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nemes, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, uh, have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root, I am to America a very strange fruit. Born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. 
And it's a mystery how they missed me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country and our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be free for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves' tears because fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms, the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency, denying black beauty and black pride. Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking experience. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. One. What's up, guys? We are back on another great edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, you know how we do is it is a a great day uh, uh, and a great interview that we have lined up with a a powerful young man who's doing some big things in a number of different areas. And I can't wait to jump into this interview with him. But before we do, we always want to give him uh, give our guest a proper introduction. So. Uh, he, he is a keynote speaker, spoken word poet, host, entrepreneur, and business consultant specializing in business model canvas and design thinking life transformation. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, keynote speaker, spoken word poet, host, and so much more, our good friend, Jay Dejan talks. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Dejan. Hey, thank you. Good evening, Mr. Michael. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. We are so, again, so very excited to have Dejan Talks with us. Uh, as you can as you can uh, tell from his bio, uh, he is uh, doing some great things 
uh, keynote speaker, spoken word, poet, host, entrepreneur, and so much more. And so happy to have him on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So before we jump into anything else, I want you to share a little bit more about yourself, Dejan. You got the floor. Uh, well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, f- thank you for introducing me to your audience, obviously. A um, little bit of background about me. I'm pretty much known as the transparent motivational speaker because of my background. Um, I'll give you the rough overview. Um, by the time I was born, doctor said I would never walk from the waist down. Mm. I didn't walk until I was three. At age six, I was raped by two women at age seven. Um, my house was being shot up by the Haitian army. Um, I had been threatened to leave Haiti. Then human blood was written in front of my house, get out, get out or die. Um, at age uh, six and a half, age seven, go, going on seven and a half, I'm in the ocean for three days, finally caught by the National Guards, um, then incarcerated in prison in Cuba, then picked up from the National Guards to be deported back to Haiti for execution. Out of 250 Haitian migrants, only seven of us made it to the United States. Then I finally made it to this beautiful land of proud and free, supposedly, um, and by the time I'm 15, I'm, I'm stabbed twice, shot three times, and homeless and eaten out of trash cans. Um, and then at 27, I'm facing 50 years in prison, and now I'm sitting there having a do- phenomenal dialogue with you. Um, and all of those occurrences, although that's probably only 5% of my life, um, have shaped up to create what I call my life mission. Because um, in all of those adversities, I found an opportunity to create a cadence to people that would walk a path or a life that I probably won't walk on. I just had a little bit more resilience, a little bit more girt about me to overcome it than most people would. Because some people would probably would have committed maybe suicide or um, just give up on life or been addicted to drugs or something of that nature. Um, I don't know why I'm built not to quit. <laughs> I just know I have that very defined demeanor about me. Um, and when life throws um, punches, I throw harder ones. Um, and at times you don't understand why you got to throw harder punches or why things come at you. You know, we like to play the victim mind. Why me? Why me? Um, since, since I've overcame so much, I just now have a new mindset. It's just, um, it's just another stepping stone to create character, right? To create character. And I, I have a phrase that I say, Michael, and I say, um, um, I am not a victim of my circumstances. I was created to overcome them, to be an example for somebody else. And that's exactly what I'm living out every day, whether I'm speaking, whether I'm hosting, whether I'm doing poetry, whether I'm investing, whether I'm doing prison reform advocacy or teaching people business, um, I just use all of those resources from my pain to be able to benefit somebody else as they go through their pain. That is amazing. That is amazing. And, you know, I was looking at your bio and and that's pro- that's one of the reasons why we just kind of uh, read just the first line of it. Uh, because we wanted to really give you the opportunity to delve into it and hopefully get more in in depth into it during the interview. And you have had a incredible life and uh, it's amazing. God has brought you from a what as the saints used to say, a mighty, mighty, mighty long way. And uh, (laughs) but um, one thing I can one thing seems to be the running theme throughout your bio is resiliency. You, mm-hmm. you, you are a resilient uh, young man and that regardless of how uh, life might knock you down, you get right back up and you keep moving and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and you move on to the next chapter. And so uh, that is, that is remarkable. Uh, I, I, um, I admire uh, men and women like that, that are able to be determined, courageous, in spite of uh, what uh, they've been through 
and uh, and to be resilient. That that is uh, that's incredible. Thank you, King. Thank you. It's amazing what you can get when you add a little resilience plus faith. You'd be surprised what kind of concoction it can create and what kind of results it can produce. Uh, if I tell you I'm anything without my faith and faith hasn't been the catalyst of my lifeline, I'd be a liar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not a man that likes liars, so I'm definitely not going to make myself out to be one. Um, so, yeah, you definitely got to have a little toughness in this life, um, but you got to have a little something that's a little bit more more tangible, something more concrete. And for me, it's been faith. Um, and faith has been my underlining drop. And I ain't going to lie to you. I inject myself with faith every day. I live from faith to faith. The faith that got me through yesterday won't get me through today. And I understand that ideology. So for me, um, my faith in who created me um, and his purpose for me, because, right? you know, we can complain. Again, we can use the complaint concept, right? But like we said, uh, who's going to listen to you, right? Um, but when you understand that, you know, everything comes with a purpose, nothing comes to destroy you, right? The weapons will form, the weapon will, will be shot at you. But the, the, the thing is, the dozen will fire you, left ten dozen will fire you, right? But you just, <laughs> it ain't going right. to harm you. you know exactly. The Bible says yeah. it won't prosper. It, it won't prosper. You know, the, the thing about us saints, unfortunately, we want to live this hokey dokey glorified life where, you know, nothing comes good, bad at us. We just want the prosperity because we live in an age of prosperity message. Everything got to be like prosperity messages. Jesus said, you got to carry your cross daily. He says, you got to put on your full armor daily. Why do I got to put on armor daily if I ain't going to go to war, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he says the lion comes, um, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. Uh, and there's a purpose in your life, you know? Um, so if you understand that those challenges are just catered not to be boulders to crumble you, but as actually stumping blocks so you can step on to elevate you to the new character, new character. If you change your peripheral, you change your mindset on how you see challenges, you need to challenge your challenge. See, a lot of people talk about the challenge, but I like to challenge the challenge. So when the challenge comes against me, I am the challenger to the challenge. Like, what you want, what you want to do about it, right? Because, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm a street dude, so I'm going to look at it like, so what you want, what you want to do about it, you know? So right. I, I deal with it like I was dealing with somebody that's trying to fight me on the street, like, we're about to box, right? So there's a new challenge. What you want, what you want to do about what it? What you want to so, do about it? What you want to do about it, right? So when the challenge comes, I want to challenge it. So that means there's a next level that I need to get to. And until I get past this test, because, you know, life brings the test and the lesson. We all want the lesson and the test. Now, that's not how it works. Life brings the test. Right. And they, there is no testimony without a test. Mm. So when you're getting all of these tests, you know what I'm saying? Thank God for those testimonies. And I always say this too, a faith that is not tested cannot be trusted. So if you ain't got no test to test your faith, how you know you even got faith? Ooh. Ooh. The same. You're preaching. You're preaching, Doc. You're preaching. I'm going to hold back right quick. I'm going to go back. To the, <laughs> I'm going to pull back from the preacher. Go back to the motivational guy. <laughs> pull back. I'm going to pull back right Man, I know you guys are enjoying my interview with Speaker uh, spoken word, poet, and more. My good friend Dejan talks. He's with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I was looking at your bio, and I told you this off air that you know what is remarkable about uh, about it again is resiliency. But uh, what was really stood out to me, obviously, was that you were incarcerated at such a young age, and. Uh, you know, first is seven years old at Guantanamo Bay as a young refugee and then several years in the American prison system after that. I want you to talk a little bit more about how these experiences have impacted your life and how you've chosen to overcome them instead of being defined by them. All right. Phenomenal question, by the way. Uh, The first one, I think what it really taught me was appreciation because mm-hmm. you I went from living in a I, I lived a pretty decent life in Haiti my dad was an ex-military 
my dad was the right hand man to the president of Haiti. He was a big artist. He he provided um, paintings to 13 boutiques in Haiti. So if I told you my life was in Kush, I would be lying. I lived a pretty comfortable life. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and then one day there's a coup d'etat and then the general kicks out the president and your life just gets and then you catch yourself on a boat. And then you're spending three days on the ocean. You're leaving your mother and your sisters behind and everything you know, all levels of comfort has been deteriorated from you. And then you end up in a prison and you, they put you in your own cell because you're a child. They don't want to put you in prison with all of the other men that are being refuge. And you're going to a transition. You don't speak the language and your life is just being ripped, ripped from you a minute at a time, a minute at a time. And there's no pauses from rape to shooting to prison, right? There's no pauses, no therapy, no transitions. It's just one act after another act after another act after another act. Um, it created a hold of sadness in my heart, but it also created a callus of toughness at an early age. Um, at an early age, I understood that, you know, when I was, I remember the second day on the ocean, it rained 13 times. I'm never going to forget this particular day. It rained 13 times on a small little boat. I'll send you the picture of the article. I was in the front page of the New York Times. There's a literal picture of me on a boat with 13 men on the ocean. They caught us on the ocean. Boom, 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 boom. First time I was in a major news article. And I, I still have the uniform, the clothes that I had from when I was a kid and I came here from India. I still have those clothes as a reminder of how far I've came from, right? Mm. And then I transitioned to the United States. Um, people like to glorify the concept of prison. But to me, life before prison was probably harder than prison itself. Prison was probably the easiest thing that I ever transitioned into. Um, you know, being Haitian in America in the early 80s, 90s was probably a cancer. Um, I got shot and stabbed multiple times because I carried the name Haitian in South Florida. Um, not because I was a gangbanger or I was looking out for it. It's just because I carried the name. And then politicians like Bill Clinton and other people were saying that we brought AIDS to America and we would come here. We worked twice as hard for a dollar than somebody else would work for $10 because we were trying to just survive, right? We had nothing. Um, and then when I finally make it to the American prison system, the hardest thing for me was not the prison itself, which is at that time I was already a father of two boys. And I, I, I take pride in being a father. You understand? Like, I love being a dad. I was raised by a single dad. I had the opportunity to be a dad to two boys. I love being a dad. But in the midst of that, because I've always faced adversities where I had to solve problems. So while I was in the prison system, I was not looking at it as if I was enslaved. I was looking at it as if, okay, what is the problem that I can solve? <laughs> I, in prison, I started a business class that still runs in that prison still to today. Think mm. about what I'm saying. Right. I'm in a prison. Right. I'm supposed to be a slave to the system. Right. I walk out of there with three degrees more. I walk out of there with 47 certifications, 47. Three degrees and 47 certifications in 25 months. 25 months. So while people would have sat there and complained and, you know, did the cycle of prison and did the, the you know, the, 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 they were out at um, at yard or whatever, 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 I'm in the books. If there's something that they had to offer, I'm getting all that. If you're going to keep me hostage against my own will, I'm taking everything you got to take. I, I'm going to take it. Like I told you, I like to challenge the challenger, right? So that's always been my mindset. So, oh, so this is prison. Okay, cool. What they got for me? You know, some t somebody got to give me something because my time is worth something. So my time was worth three degrees and 47 certifications, right? So I remember when I started the business class in prison, the CEOs, which is the police office in prison, they would walk around us. They would laugh, which I think y'all going to be the next Bill Gates, the next this, the next that. We, we just laughed at him. It's okay. We just kept going at it. We kept going at it. The first week out of prison, I went to go pitch at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You know who Bill Gates is, right? You went they to had a, what again? I went to go pitch at a business competition by Bill Gates and Melinda Gates at FIU South, right? 
Like this is Bill Gates, the, the richest, one of the richest dudes in America. He had a pitch competition in Miami at FIU South. One week out of prison, I said, I'm going to go pitch. <laughs> Guess who won first place at that pitch competition? Get out of here. Guess who was on the front page of the Miami Herald, right? Get out of here. That was preparation while I was in prison, validating the process. Now, when the warden of the prison sees that this kid that just came out of his prison is having business success and I'm winning every pitch competition. I'm going one after another. I'm being sent to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, the biggest business competition. I'm speaking on that stage in 2017. And then I'm going to this one and I'm winning and I'm going to that. Then I'm winning top 40 under 40 black men in South Florida. And I'm doing all of this. I came out of prison. I don't have a home. I'm still homeless. I'm homeless. I'm homeless for about five years and I'm winning competition after competition after competition. I am top 40 under 40 black men with you down as Haslam on the front page of the Miami Herald. With you and, down you're, as- and you're homeless. And, I, and I'm homeless now, homie, right? And then now the warden has seen all this and now the warden is not my best friend. Got me on speed dial. Oh, I seen you. Oh, I seen you in this article. Oh, I seen you in the front page of Miami. Oh, I saw you did this. I'm so proud of you. Can you keep your business class running in the prison even though you're no longer there? I said, yeah, we can keep it running. Because I understood that when I came out of those doors, once I tried to apply for a job and I'm marked ex-felon, that means I was ex out of society. My money was still good. My taxes were still good, but my vote and everything else mattered. I understood that. I understood that recidivism was 70% within three years. 70% of men and women that come out of prison go back to prison within three years because they're not prepared or society does not provide them opportunity. I understood that once I came out of prison, I could not depend on somebody else to put it on my table. I had to create it myself. Now, my job is now to create those men that are coming out of prison, make sure that they have the same opportunity that I did because I just had a more, besides my street background and being tough, God bless me, I had a level of education and I just saw life different. Mm. And I just saw life, I was more analytical, I was more artistic. I, I was that guy that I could, see, I could see solutions to problems. You understand? We started a Toastmasters in prison. Think about that, Toastmasters. Right. Those guys are learning how to speak and be articulate. We started international, right? Right. Yeah, we, we we got we were beating Toastmasters guys in prison. We brought them to the prison and we were whooping on them boys. <laughs> we we brought here. them to the prison. We told the warden, bring them in here. Bring them in here and let's show them what's up. We worked ourselves for a year. We trained for a year. When them boys came in here, we boxed them boys up. <laughs> what? Right? So what did that tell me? What did I learn out of all of this? One is um, one thing that was birthed out of that. I became a prison reform advocate and this motivational speaker that you saw. All of that was honed while I was in prison is what do you use with your time? Do you utilize it properly? And are you the one that's always making excuses when obstacles come against you? Do you look for opportunity or do you look for excuses? It's only two mindsets you can have. If you're one that's always looking for excuses, then you're going to cater to nothing. But if you look one for opportunity, because chaos is created an opportunity, there's opportunity in chaos. In every chaos, in every storm, every hurricane, there's a calm. There's an eye. You have to look for it, right? If you're one that can always see the glasses half full, if you can always see every challenge as something to make you stronger, or you're looking for the opportunity, every challenge, that's exactly what you're going to reap. What you sow is what you reap. If you sow fear, you're going to reap fear. If you sow excuses, you're going to reap excuses. But if you sow opportunity, if you sow drive, if you sow resilience, if you sow faith, that's what you're going to reproduce out of your life. And everything you're seeing right now is a product of all of those challenges. I just chose to look at them not so much as challenges. I said, well, I challenged it. Right. I challenged the challenge. Right. And these are the results. That is amazing. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely amazing. And 
listening to you, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of different things, obviously, but one, the first quote came to mind that opportunity is, is, is just a problem in work clothes. Yep. And, that's, right? that's, that, that's all opportunities are, are problems in work clothes. You got to roll up mm-hmm. your sleeves, you mm-hmm. know, they, they come to you as a problem, but uh, it's all a matter of perception. And yep. then early on, I begin to think about the movie Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> you know, that is one of my favorite movies with um, Morgan Freeman. And, you know, uh, when you think about prison, you always the first thing that comes to mind is being institutionalized. You know, you're you're you you know, you people prisoners become their environment. They become a reflection of their environment. But Andy, uh, who was the main character, never became a reflection of his environment from day one until the day he ultimately escaped from prison or from Mm -hmm. Shawshank. He was working his way, formulating a plan on how to get out of there. And uh, and, you know what that is, Michael? Yeah. Because prison is not a condition of the body. It's a condition of the mind. Of the mind. Physically, nobody can keep you enslaved ever. Because mm. you can be out here and you can be enslaved. Right. Yeah. You can be, you, you you, can be a you, prisoner you, of your mind. You and, can be a prisoner. And physically of your mind. free. And physically free. You can be in a relationship, you, you, you're in prison. You know, you can be at a job and you're in prison. Right. You can be a drug addict or, or, or alcoholic or whatever. You can be or, or a pornography or something. It's a condition of the mind, right? Mm. So until we understand how to retrain and rethink the way we see things, change the catalyst of our lenses, then the outcomes will constantly be the same. Exactly. Now, I say all of that. That doesn't mean prison was easy. I got stabbed in prison. I had to get into fights in prison. Prison was still prison, right? So I didn't make it through. Damn, they jumped me in my, my cell today. I got a big old stab wound in my back. That was still not an excuse to join the prison mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They jumped me again today. That was still not an excuse to conform. You understand? We use conditions to conform. Right. I will not conform to a condition. I, I've always been that guy. I stand alone. I'm going to create my own path. I'm not conforming to any condition. I don't care how bad the odds are. I won't conform. Once I create an ideology in my mind and a set of moralities and standards, there's nothing in the world that's going to break me break. I don't care if there's a hundred men standing against me. They're going to have to kill me because I'm going to stand on what I believe on. So the problem with society, I've found that is that every time society changes with the sway of the wind, we change with it. Mm. I mean, even there is, you know, there was a point where we used to have something called absolute truth. In today's society, there is no such thing as there is no such thing as absolute truth. It's whatever is true to you is true to you. And whatever is true to me is true to me. That's not reality because we're so sensitive and we don't want to step on nobody's toes. We can't tell them what's real and what's not. Right. So there's no more absolute truth. Everything's opinion based or however you feel. Go with your feelings. But feelings are fleeing. They come up and down, up and down. You're not concrete enough to stand on. Facts are concrete enough to stand on. Numbers, truth are concrete, but we've thrown away with those, mm-hmm. right? That's what society is. It just sways with everything that comes with me. I stand on what I believe in. If it's my God, it's my God. If it's my morality, it's my morality. If it's my kids or my code of principles, that's what I stand on. And even though those challenges came against me, I had to fight, I had to get stabbed. I still said I was going to get my degrees and nothing was going to stop me. I still said I was going to walk out with some certificates. Nothing was going to stop me. I still said I was going to walk out with a business degree and nothing was going to stop me. And that's exactly what happened. Once you make up your mind to challenge, no matter what come against you, you're going to challenge it and you're not going to make excuses, but you have to make a decision. 
Wow. Wow. Guys, I know you're enjoying my interview with this powerful young man, Dejan Talks, speaker, spoken word artist, and much more. Guys, we're getting ready to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to jump back into my interview with this dynamic, powerful young man, Dejan Talks. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. I know you're enjoying my interview with this powerful young man, Dejan Talks. He is with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, just giving us, just dropping so much words of wisdom and knowledge. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you are tuned in. I hope your ears are open to what is being said and your hearts are open to what is being said as well. He is dropping so much wisdom and godly knowledge uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and we really appreciate him being with us. In the last segment, we talked about, you know, him being incarcerated uh, and, and at seven years old at Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay, and then even as a younger man uh, in the American prison system. And um, it's, it's but, but even though he was an incarcerated young man, he never embodied the, uh, in the, the institution. He never became a reflection of his environment. Uh, he was resilient and you can see that resolve all throughout his life. And what I want to talk about and, and open up with this segment is the school to prison 
pipeline. And uh, unfortunately, it is a trap for many of our young black and brown young men. Uh, and uh, I, I, I want to address that. I'm sure, again, you're very much aware of the school to prison pipeline that our young black men are faced with. And what advice would you give our young black boys and men who might be listening to this podcast to avoid some of the deadly pitfalls and traps of the American penal institution? Uh, that's a phenomenal question. I'm glad that you brought it up. You know, one of the luxuries that I've had is when you go through a system, you can see how broken it is. So you have to either deal with the brokenness, cry about it, or try to create solutions for it, right? Right. Uh, one thing that I'm known for out here is a prison reform advocate. Um, I actually just became the national reform director for New Order, which is a national organization in the United States. We just got recognized um, by um, by Georgia for the work that we're doing in the community. We're on every news station. Um, we, we've been around for it since 1992. Mm. <laughs> um, we're doing a lot of work. And I just got recognized as one of their um, reform directors to talk about exactly this subject. Right. Wow. But I could only understand the the benefit of this role by going through prison, going right? Through prison, exactly. I had to go through prison to understand the benefit of something like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like a board that we're trying to pass right now, you know, and, and then we're still fighting for it. So men and women that came out of prison could get their rights back because well, how can I pay taxes and I do everything in society, but I don't have a right, I don't have a voice, which is my first amendment. But you took away my voice, you cut my throat off, right? Something for us to think about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the school to prison pipeline, uh, before I can cater to the, to the young men and women, I have to cater to the parents. Um, a lot of the times, our parents, we're, we're so busy doing our best, um, working two jobs and putting food on the table and clothes on the back, you know, the traditional statements that we make, right? Um, and then we're depending on the school to be the catalyst of education for our kids. That's a lie. Stop that. That's a lie. Education starts at the home. Mm-hmm. Whether you have education or not, and you don't think you have enough to offer your kid, that's not true. You have something to offer them, whether it's just how to treat somebody, whether it's how to be respectful, whether it's morality, your spirituality, you have something to teach. It doesn't have to be something in the books, because those things in the books ain't real anyway, because it's the person that would depend that writes history. It's his story. It's not reality, mm-hmm. right? We start on, as we start using this thing called technology, Google and different things and internet, we start to find our own reality. Our reality as kids is being taught that our history starts with us being enslaved, slaves. They start us at the bottom of the totem pole. Nobody else starts at the lo- lowest standard of society other than us, brown and black. Everybody else starts off fine. <laughs> Your daddy owned this and he's going to pass you down this. No, we start off as slaves. So mentally, we have to already overcome the mental challenge of saying, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole and I have to create an equality. We're the only people that have to have a conversation with our sons about when you get pulled over. Nobody else has to have that conversation with their sons about, all right, son, 10 and 2, don't be disrespectful. Put your hand out the window. Put it down. If they tell you step out the car, step out the car. Don't say anything. We're the only ones having this conversation. Right. right? The school to prison pipeline, from the time you're in third grade, the first time your child failed that standardized testing, that's why they created the standardized testing, and then they get into the first suspension, they already put a marker in their back. And they follow them all the way through high school. And they already have a projection of who's coming out of high school, who's going to be incarcerated, and who's going to go to college. That's true. If you notice the change and shift from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, when we had the industrial system, when black men and men in general were running the country, because why? It was a labor force before America became consumption, right? Before we let go of our labor force to China. We were, we, we were superior. Did you know right after slavery, 60 to 70% of black households were business owners? Mm. Now we're 3%. Why? 
less than 3%. How did I go from being 60, 70 to less than 3%? Those numbers don't make sense. I kept fresh out of slavery and I had all of this going for me. And now that I have more technology and more advancements, I'm, I'm at the lowest level ever, right? Because there's a system in place. Tesla, Oklahoma, the moment we started, I guess, boom, blow them up, right? Every time we start to get ahead and we start to understand how the system works, boom, they blow us out, right? So what I have to tell the parents is, first of all, educate your kids at home. And then to the young men and women is, you have to understand, to you is just another day at school. To you is just another fight. To you is just, an, is just another brawl. But somebody's watching you from a different lens than you're watching it. Somebody is putting a target on your back that you don't even see. Somebody is not catering to you in the sense that they, they're not going to say, oh, you know what, I forgive them. When you look at the penal system, when a black kid or a white kid go to the court system and they have the exact same charges, little John gets a slap on the wrist and he are getting banned with the max. With the max, a man went to prison for a lifetime for stealing a loaf of bread, a loaf of bread, a loaf of bread. Mm. But then a young man get caught raping, a, a white young man get caught raping, a group of them get caught raping a girl behind a trash can. Oh, you know, the prison system is not going to be good for them. They, you know, they, a young man with an AK-47 goes out willingly and shoot people willingly, willingly, mm-hmm. willingly. He puts himself at risk. Now he right. puts himself defense and shoot people. Uh, you know, and then the 45th president, you know, oh, applaud, young man. They applaud. Why, why is this relevant? Because you have to understand that when they say all men are created equal, you're not a man. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I'm not? You're like a man. I look like a man. I got the muscles of a man. You're not a man. Because when that constitution was written, you was a slave. You were three-fifths of property. You were three-fifths of man. It took three of you just to equal one vote. And your vote didn't matter. They just wanted to equal body count because they had taxes and insurance on you as a slave. They had insurance on you as a slave. They had taxes on you as a slave. So they just wanted to make sure that their beef, their cattle, was insured. That's mm. all it was for numbers. For numbers. So, yeah, you got your freedom. But the, but the constitution that precedes all the law was never rewritten. You can ask any lawyer or any judge. You're not incorporated as a black man into that law. So when you go stand in front of the judge looking for a law to defend you as a man or woman, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Not under the Constitution. Right. Not under the Constitution, which is the main law that matters. Yeah, we have local laws, state laws. But when it comes down to the Constitution, what's really supposed to protect you, there is nothing written in there for us. Mm. So when we're moving and shaking, thinking that, oh, I'm still a teen, they ain't going to ban me, they're going to ban you. And right now, especially if you're in the state of Florida or in, in Texas, New York, and Cali, guess what? There's no more parole system. So when they tell you you're going for life, you're going for life. There is no 25, and you might have a chance of parole, you might get out. And right now, that's what they're giving us. They're giving us lottery numbers when we go to prison. Lottery numbers. So while they're giving the other guy, uh, you know, two, three years here, four years here, they're giving us 15 years here, 20 years here. Twi- Why? Because prison has become a byproduct for money, right? We became made it a for-profit model, right? But why was prison created? Amendment chapter 13 set us free. Amendment chapter 13 part A set us free. Amendment chapter 13 part B says now if they feel offended or anything happens, you step on their shoe, they can incarcerate you. What does that incarceration create? It creates a new form of slavery. What does the word inmate mean? It means slaves. What does property of the state means? I mean, you have no rights. And then guess what? They didn't just create a new system of slavery where they get free labor because that's what slavery was for, right? Free labor. They didn't just create a new slavery system of free labor. Now they're looking at Michael and they're looking at Dijon and they're making us out here pay taxes to keep our cousins in slaves. We're paying thirty-seven dollars to $60,000 a year to keep our family in slaves out of our tax money, but you don't see it on your balance, do you? But they're no. taking it out. 2.5% of all of our taxes goes towards the prison system. But we don't understand that, do we? So not only 
is our family having to take care of us while we're in prison? But they're already taking 30 to 60 grand to keep you incarcerated. But when you come out, they won't pay you 750 an hour. Mm. Because why? Because recidivism is at 70%. That's a great business. If you had 70, if you had a business, Michael, and 70% of your clients kept coming back and buying water, you'd be happy. Say hello to the water, the black man. Right? Right. So we have to understand that we are somebody else's dollar coin. And we need to learn, unfortunately, I, I would hate to say we need to learn to act accordingly, like, like the way we act is not according, but unfortunately, the standards doesn't say so. And what's the standards? The standards that has been pressed against us. Mm-hmm. And either we learn how the system work, or we're going to be crumbled by the system. Either we learn the language and we learn the law, or the law is going to crumble us. Right. The reason why I'm in prison because I didn't know the law, but now I know the law, the prison system would never see a day of my life again. Right? So to these young men out here, listen, this Whatever you, you think you're doing, whether it's the, the, these, these rappers out here giving you this false idea, these guys are entertainers. They're not real. These guys ain't real. They're not living that life. The 69, the kind of, whoever you like, none of these boys is living that life. It's fake. It's entertainment. It's mm-hmm. not real. They're, they're, they're forcing our black boys and girls into two arenas, entertainment and then um, music. Either you're an athlete or you're in entertainment. What if I told you that's only 5% of millionaires and billionaires? The other 95% is in business, tech, and STEM. Why they're not promoting that to us? But they promoted it to the white kids. Right. They promote the business to them. But to us, well, you're going to be after you're gonna be, but that's only 5%. So they're trying to push all of us onto two little small funders because they know majority of us are going to sell out and what they're going to do with the fallout. Why do you think they, they keep shooting uh, black men and women, especially our black men, they keep shooting us in the streets and incarcerating us? Because if you take off the head of the family, the black families are bound to fall. They split up. Divide and conquer. Correct. Divide and conquer. That is a that's that's ap- that is the absolute truth. What you just said there, and you know, there is um, it, it is it's irrefutable truth because you see it happening every single day, and our young black brown, our young black and brown boys are at risk. Our young men are at risk, and they're caught up in, as you said, uh, the 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 the, uh, uh, the false reality of what they think is real. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the paper chase, uh, you know, I want to be like Jay-Z. I want to be like uh little Wayne. I want to be like, mm-hmm. uh, LeBron. I want to be like these individuals I'm seeing in front of me. Uh, but as you said, only 5% of them, uh, ever make it to that level. Only 5% of, of millionaires are, uh, black millionaires are in those two arenas. Here's a challenge. Here's a challenge, right? And this is, and I don't blame the kids. Cause that's the only people they're putting in front of us. Right. And there's, there's a reason for that. And the reason is because when you look at what they, what they send out to us, what do they send out to us? They only show you the athlete. They only show you the entertainer. When was the last time besides Shark Tank, which our black people don't even watch Damon John, right? When was the last time they put in front of you multiple black millionaires and billionaires that's not into entertainment? Do you know any names besides <laughs> them? Right. Think about it. Do you mm-hmm. know any, any names? The biggest one we'll probably know is where we'll, we'll say Tyler Perry and Oprah, but do we know any names that's in business as black? Black billionaires and millionaires. We're going to say Michael Jordan. We're going to say Jay-Z. We, notice the names that we're going to say, but do we know any other names that are black in business and entertainment, right? They don't push that narrative to us, right? When me and you were growing up, you had good times, which was the struggle mindset life, right? You know, we had the JJ, we had his dad, and we understood what struggle looked like. Then we had the Jeffersons, right? We went up to the east side. 
we had balance. Right. Then we had Carl Winslow, a black cop. We had balance. Then we had different worlds, different strokes, right? We had the college life. We had balance. What balance is there today? They just show you one narrative, one view. You're going to be this and you're going to be that. And this is your only level of success. Every day, I don't see them showing me the next black businessman on Business Weekly. Or the black, they're not showing me this. I have to go find it for myself. Right. But they're not advertising this to me. And I don't blame our kids because they only see one thing. If it, you know, We learn through five senses. The main two senses we learn from is what we hear and what we see. This is all these kids hear and see every day. What if society actually did say, you, did you know guys know that you were the first neurosurgeon? You did the first heart transplant. You did the first twins. You, you, you did the first blame. What? We did this? We did that? Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know that you created the back end of the, of the computer? Did you know that you did this? If they actually told us every day, every day, every day, this is your value. And instead of telling me every day I started off as a slave and you give me the shortest month in the, uh, in the 12 months to celebrate my time. And, and, and everything you're saying is absolutely true. The, the, the society doesn't tell, tell us that, but we have the ability to see that in, in a book. We, we can read about our history. We can read about, uh, you know, successful black men and black women. But, uh, what, what, what's happening is, of course, reading is not, is not being promoted. Literacy is not being. Promoted. I don't want to talk about reading. Well, I know, I know that that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Michael, quick insert. You know who created writing and reading? Black people, right? We call it hieroglyphics. You know where mm. white people learn how? To, you know where white people learn how to read from? Black Us. people. You know where black people learn how to build from? Like now, this is the this was the most distasteful slap I ever received. In my safe. They told us. That if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a put book. Put in a book. See, that, 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 that really was like a punch in my face because why? I created reading and writing and now you're going to tell me my creation and you're going to hide it from me. That's how far down I fell. Think about what I just said. I created reading and writing. I, black. But nobody's telling me that. Now we're the lowest at this, at this level of something that we created. Mm. We're the lowest. And they told us we gotten so low that if you want to hide our own creation from us. Put it in our own Put creation. Put it in our Piss own me creation. Off. Wow. Piss me off. Piss me. Ooh. Think about it from that viewpoint. Yeah. Now that right there, that right there is 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 troubling. You know, uh, because uh, you are correct. You know, hieroglyphics are. Uh, you know, it is 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 where reading started, and and that came mm-hmm. from. Uh, the black Egyptians, Egypt, exactly, Egypt, exactly, and now the Aztecs, the Browns, Aztecs, the Aztecs, right? Aztecs and the Egyptians, saying, exactly. Want to hide anything from a black man? Put it within the pages of a book, and I'm sure you've heard that statement made before. And you know, it's it's um, it's amazing. You know, it, the, this is right in front of us. It's not something that is you know off in uh, in a distant land or distant area. This is. This 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 is happening right in front of us. And if we're not, um, uh, you know, we use the term woke. If we're not uh, if we're not awake in the midst of this, then we're we're the ones that are going to be, um, as Malcolm said, bamboozled, uh, Mm -hmm. run amok, uh, taken advantage of, manipulated. And so uh, it's very important that we understand, you know, our identity, understand who we are. And whose we are. I'm so glad to have 
this powerful young man, Dejan, talks with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We've been chopping it up about a number of different things. And in addition to him being a prison reform advocate, uh, as well as a uh, spoken word artist, he's also a motivational speaker. And I want to hear, uh, I want you, Dejan, to tell us uh, some of the things that you talk about as a motivational speaker when given the opportunity. Uh, man, I mean, I speak on an array of things, but some of my core foundations, I speak on the refugees, the refugee syndrome, mm. which is a major topic in today's society because um, refugees are cancer again, you know, you know, recycled news. Um, but there is no America without a refugee because nobody's from here besides the original Indians, right? Right, right. But, hey, right. So it's just really, I, I have like a, I have serious conversation in the most comedic way, like slapping somebody without realizing that they're being, being slapped, <laughs> right? It's just like, you know, it's like how they like to tell us black people, go back to Africa. I say, go back to Ireland. <laughs> right, right. So the moment they tell me something stupid, I say, all right, go back to Russia, go back to Italy, go back to Sicily, go back to England, go, go. Right, you know, like, not you your home that, either. And they're looking at you like, I'm like, your parents came on a boat too. And they don't really think of it, but we accepted certain conversations for so long without giving no pushback. Like I told you, I like to challenge the challenger. So me, I'm the guy, I'm going to well, go back to Africa. Okay, no problem. Go back to England. Mm. What do you mean? Your grandfather got here just like me on a boat. He just came voluntarily because he was threatened for his life. You came and stole my life. What's the difference? Wow. That's you see right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's just it's just small tactical stuff. Um, I talk about a lot about prison reform. I talked about a lot about our educational system that's selling our kids, which is going to die in the next 20 years, in my personal opinion. Um, I talk a lot about gang violence in our community um, with our youth. I, I talk to a lot, a lot about gang violence because it's a re- it's a real thing. Um, I talk about poverty and suicide a lot um, because I, I like to have tangible conversations that actually impacts the community. Um, I deal with a lot of single mothers, um, unfortunately, that are dealing with um, welfare or, 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 or their father being present because society has um, told them if you don't put him on welfare, then we're not going to help you. Right. Um, or if you don't put him on child support, then we're not going to help you. Right. So I talk about the different options, the financial structure of society, because I'm a business consultant. So I teach people how to financially structure themselves and how to make that possible, um, because I've had the level of success that I've had in business. So that's another thing that I get called to speak about a lot is how do we structure business? My whole business concept is duplicate the um, process without duplicating the effort. We like to do twice the amount of work just to get the same amount of dollar. I'm not about that life. I don't like to work that way. I'm light skin. I sweat easy, right? So I like to duplicate the process without duplicating the effort. And I teach people how to do that. How does McDonald's have a restaurant on every block, but then the Jamaican, Haitian, American restaurant can't? Mm. What are they doing? Mm. Right? So I teach these basic formulas. It's called design thinking and business model canvas. The same thing you would learn at Harvard, Yale, or Princeton, I'll teach you at the comfort of your home. Right. You bring me out to a conference and I'll show you what they're studying at Harvard, Yale or Princeton. I'll show you, they're, they're going to ask you five million dollars later, four years later. Give me four weeks and I got you and I'll teach you everything you're going to learn in four years. Right. Wow. So I try to teach our people financial literacy because we're 400 years behind the gap and it's continuing to spread wider. It's going to continue to spread because we don't read. <laughs> we don't read. So the gap is going to spread. The average millionaire reads seven books a, a, a week. The average millionaire reads seven books a week. So if you're not reading the books, you know, we're close to being a millionaire. You're wishing on a dream, right? So I teach about these different principles because I believe our society needs them. We need to understand financial literacy. We need to understand the the risk of um, how the imprisoned concept is impacting us. We need to understand 
gang violence and how it's infesting our community. You understand? We need to understand what suicide and depression looks like in our community because we're the only society that don't really believe in therapy like that. We deal with everything under the sun, but we ain't dealing with the mental. Oh, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Sometimes just ain't enough. Right. You know, even Jesus said, go see a physician. I wonder why he said that. Sometimes you got to go see something beyond your prayer line, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to go see somebody beyond your, your pastor. And we don't talk about therapy. We don't talk about how our relationships are failing between our black men and our black women. Right. So I talk, I talk about these, these, these cadences, because if we don't talk about them, you know, we only make 13% of the population and majority of us are incarcerated right now. So we're probably down to 8%. We're going to, our numbers are going to continue to decrease no matter how much we reproduce, because the more we produce, the most they're going to take us out. Mm. So I talk about these different conversations because I believe they're prevalent because everybody else is talking about, Oh, here's the next get rich Christian, buy my book and become the next millionaire. Yeah, that's cool. You know, that's for a group of people, but what about the people on the bottom? the people that's actually holding up the country, the bottom of the pyramid. Um, so I try to cater to them because I believe they need this level of conversation. And because of my background and my transparency, I allow them to see, I'm not just telling you something that I've never experienced. Because it's one thing to see somebody nicely dressed up in a suit and then they're telling you this, that, and the third, and you, you get caught up with the hype. But then I come out with a t-shirt and you see a whole bunch of tattoos and bullet wounds and stab wounds, mm. right? You know what I'm saying? I come out with a whole bullet, bullet and you're like, and then the moment I open my mouth, you're like, wait, why does he speak like that? Right. Where does he get, you know, because they look at me and they judge me if I'm in a T-shirt. Then when I open my mouth, it's like, whoa. Then when I come out in the suit, they still judge me. Oh, he's just a black man, a con in the suit. And then when I speak hood in the suit, they're like, whoa, how he know how to speak our language? Right. So it's, it's just about who I'm catering to. Um, but those are some of the main conversations that I have because I believe they're prevalent to our people. Wow. Guys, I know you're enjoying my interview. With Dejan Talks, a motivational speaker, spoken word artist, and more, he's with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I know, Dejan, because of your experiences and because of uh, uh, the resiliency and resolve that you have uh, and, and have had in the past, you have, be, have been a, a, and become a role model uh, to a lot of uh, our young black and brown uh, boys and young men that you have encountered uh, in your uh, in your life. But I want to know from you, uh, who are some of your role models and who are those who are some individuals that you admire and look up to and have brought you to the place where you are at this point? My list is like the opposite side of each coin. Right. Mm. So on one side, you're going to have Tupac. Literally oh. Tupac. I, I love his poetic flair. I love his outspokenness. I love his intelligence. Right now, there's a California, there's a college in California teaching his concepts, right? But we're not being taught that, right? Because mm. um, we just look at Tupac as the thug guy, the straight guy, but this guy was highly intelligent. Um, and then on the other side, I, I love Nelson Mandela because mm. this was a guy that spent 27 years in prison and became, the, I mean, the and president, president, and became the president. And they came, they came begging for him. They came begging for my dude while in prison, right? Think about that, right? And then I have people like Tyler Perry um, mm. that, you know, he, he he worked on one dream for 10 years and invested everything he had. We tried one dream one time, we quit. <laughs> we tried one dream one time, Ooh. we quit, right? Wow. Think about it, right? You know, and it took 10 years. And then I, I love his faith base, right? Because he he, he, he caters everything. And when he finally made it, he didn't forget, he didn't forget where he came from. Mm. And then his heart to give back, right? So I look at people like that. Then I look at people like... um. You know, believe it or not, I look at people like Will Smith. 
You know, when I grew up looking at Will Smith, this little street kid that never cursed, you know, he, he's, he went against the odds when he was a rapper. He said, I'm not going to curse. And he actually did it. He had a pretty successful career with Jazzy Jeff. He never cursed. Then he finally made it to the big screen as a goofball. And then he finally really made it, right? And then now people may laugh at him because of his personal relationship issues. But then if you really look at the level of success that this guy's had over the time span, he's been alive. And he's still relevant conversation. He is still relevant. And, and when you talked about the show that he had, Uncle Phil was the closest thing I had to a real father majority mm-hmm. of the times. You understand? Carl Winslow was the closest thing I had to a real father majority of the times, right? When I looked at the conversations he had with Uncle Phil, these are conversations I wish I could have had with a father majority of the times, right? Wow. So I, I, I held on to a lot of these guys because like when I saw him going through what he was going through and then they had real, I mean, real, real conversations and things that we don't have no more, you know, you know, about, you know, his heartbroken or his first girl, his, his real daddy not being in his life and he's breaking down. Those things touched me in more ways than understood. Then talking about growing up on the east side of Philly and the, the violence that he faced, although it was in a joking manner in the song, but it was reality for me. Mm. It was reality for me. You understand? Um, I, I I loved um, when I when I was growing up. Another person that I I used to look up to that has a really bad face today is Bill Cosby, right? Yeah. Um, and you know so the that. reason why was. You know, the reason I know we can paint him as a bad guy today, but when I was growing up, he was the only doctor I knew. I mean, he gave me a level of, of, of like, I can, I can, I probably can do that, right? Like, this was, who, who else had a black doctor? Nobody else had a black doctor, right? His wife was a doctor. He had a nice house. He had a, and then I'm living in a box and I'm like, I'm living in a box in little Haiti with seven men and a one bedroom efficiency. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming. He, they created dreams inside of me that I wanted so bad. You understand? Because on my block, I always say the highest level of education I saw was the mechanic, the gangster, or the pimp. Which one are you going to be? I didn't have no lawyer. I didn't have no attorney. I didn't have no doctor. I didn't have no CEOs. I ain't seen nobody in suits. They were on TV. So these guys inspired me in so many ways. Amongst a lot of like Ice Cube, you know, standing up against police brutality before it was even a popular thing. Right. Before there was a Rodney King, you know. I know people look at NWA as like the worst gang ever because of what they talk about. But they were they were doing what Cap- Colin Kaepernick was doing now, before there was a Colin Kaepernick. Mm. They were just vocal about it, and they saying they were not going to stand up for it. So I used to love Ice Cube and and he wrote all of the he wrote all of the songs for um, Easy E. He wrote all his lyrics, and you think about the creative nature of this person, and he actually in the midst of time when black people were supposed to be quiet and do what the industry said, they were speaking up, and they were bold enough to say, "I don't care about my career. I'm going to speak up." Right. So to me, you know, I, I respect these guys because in each facet, they represent a different mindset or ideology that I believed in. Mm. A different kid. But there was the ice, ice, ice cube, the toughness of him. I love his toughness. That dude, he don't back down nobody. And I love it. I'm not backing down nobody. Or the IQ and the intelligence savviness of a Bill Cosby or the, or, or the, or the resilience of a Tyler Perry or the comedic nature, but sensitive side of a Will Smith. Mm. Or, or 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 the or, or the forgiving heart of a Nelson Mandela because he could have said forget that country, <laughs> right? Or the forgiving forgiveness nature of a Nelson Mandela, you know, and still saying I'm not gonna let this 27 years deter my future. Right. It doesn't matter how long it took. 27 years, God, Jesus, right? He didn't let that deter his nature. So all of those guys um, left an imprint amongst a lot of other people. But I just catered to those five. Left an imprint on my life that created this ideology of who I wanted to be. Mm. Wow. 
Uh, that is that is tremendous. That is tremendous. Guys, I know you are enjoying my interview with Dejan Talks. We're getting ready to take another break. But when we come back, we're jumping right back into my interview with this speaker, uh, spoken word artist, and more. Dejan Talks. This is the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Guys, we are back, and I know you have been enjoying my interview with this powerful young man, Dejan Talks. He has just been spinning knowledge all throughout this podcast and we're so very happy to have him on the thinking out loud radio show with us this week and in addition to him being a speaker we've said of course in his bio he's also a spoken word artist and uh, I, uh, I, I, I hope I'm not putting him on the spot. He told me that I'm not off air, but I want to know. I want, I want him to share uh, a spoken word piece with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. All right, man. Yeah, most definitely. I'll do my best. You know, you did catch me a little off cuff, but I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, this one is actually influenced by. Uh, it, it was influenced by what I saw in the church and it was influenced by what I saw in prison. And it's amazing where I spent my, all my life in a church and the most God I ever saw was a worship in a prison system. Mm. Think about what I said to you. I spent all my life in church. The most God I've ever experienced was a worship in a prison system. Something to think about, right? Standing back in the barren land, surrounded by bars, bodies few and far. I'm moving with the masses on my way to Damascus, stumbling over scripture verses, spilling from soulless vessels. Bibles clutches to hand, rosaries jerking necks, hurdles of flesh running to the church, none with a spiritual pulse. But we bumping into one another daily, but we never spiritually connected because this church body nowadays ain't got no head. Decapitated from Christ, but you got the knife at hand ready to cut this church body into two so they can really think twice. 
But the question is, can these bones live again? So by the power of God that's invested in me, I'm speaking in existence, change, frustration, change, mass incarceration, change, hatred, change, religion, change, Black Lives Matter, change, please don't shoot me, change. When Trump was president, thank God, he changed. But I can stand on the stage to you each and every single day and talk to you about change. But the question is, will you go down to the deep depths of your pockets and your souls and will you make a decision to change? See, I can stand here and tell you how many times I've been shot and how many times I've been stabbed, but I made a decision to change. So you can make a complaint and you can complain each and every single day about how hard your life has been, but that's not going to change the life that you want to be. So the question is, will you look at yourself in the mirror like Michael Jackson says, and will you make the change to be the change that you want to see in the world? See, one of my favorite quotes was by Gandhi, to be the change in the world, you must first be that change. So I challenge you today, Michael, will you be that change? Wow, there you have it, guys. Spoken word artist Dejan Talks <laughs> <laughs> dropping knowledge on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, you, well, you, you, I mean, this was truly, truly a, a, a remarkable interview, uh, Dejan. I enjoyed listening to you immensely. Uh, sharing with us about your life, sharing with us about uh, what you're doing and what you have accomplished. Uh, you you have uh, you've lived again a, an, a, an awesome life. Uh, but again, the running thing uh, that I that I continue to see uh, throughout it is resiliency. And you have been resilient, and you continue to be resilient and determined. And that's that's one that's that's one thing that I think we all need. Uh, in order to be successful, you need to be resilient. You need to be determined and courageous. And I think those three things are uh, definitely what you embody. And we thank you so much for being with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. No, man. I mean, it was it was, it was quite a pleasure, man. I'm really grateful and honored for the opportunity to engage you and your audience on Thinking Out Loud with you, Michael Nimmons. I mean, this this was a phenomenal interview, and I really enjoy the depth of the dialogue too. Right. Um, the deeper dialogue. I like having conversations of substance yeah. um, that really impacts our, our community. You know, everybody wants to talk about the trends and what's going on. And that's cool. But when we have conversations that actually can provoke people to change and become better, I mean, those are priceless. And so conversations like this, I, I love to embark on and take the journey with people. So I'm very honored to be on your show. And that's what this this podcast has been is about and has always been about having a substantive dialogue, uh, talking about uh, race, religion, popular culture and more and how we can motivate, how we can empower people to be the best version of themselves. And we mm-hmm. always reach out to individuals that we think uh, we can have these kinds of conversations. And I'm so, so happy that uh, your PR agent reached out to me. Shouts mm-hmm. out to Angie uh, on mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Angie Toussaint, right. Shouts out mm-hmm. to Angie Toussaint. I'm sure she is listening. Uh, shouts out to you for uh, connecting and making that connection uh, because uh, you're definitely a dynamic young man. Before we let you go, though, we want you to tell our listeners what you're, going, what you're up to, what you're working on, what we can be looking forward to from Dejan Talks. Oh man, um, the phenomenal question again. Right now, I'm, I'm developing my my investment portfolio in real estate. Uh, you know, I'm listening to the to the TIs and these other guys say, "Listen, you want to create generational wealth, better buy all all the land." So you know, I'm on a mission to buy up all. <laughs> I'm buying a whole bunch of land and houses, and I'm just trying to leave something for my kids that my parents couldn't leave for me. 
Um, you know, that's that's the goal right now. Um, I'm working on, a, I've pitched a couple of directors in my life. And every time they hear my life, they're like, oh my God, your life is too big. It's too big for a movie. So let's do a series. So uh, I'm working on creating um, enough capital to do a, a Netflix series of my life. Um, they told me I have enough for about 10 series. Um, they, they refer my life to the pursuit of happiness and the show power, but on steroids. Um, that's, wow. that's the bridge between my life, literally. Wow. So why you, the, the show you watch power, that's fake. That's my real life. Minus all of the drugs. Right. And when you look at the, the life of Will Smith on the pursuit of happiness, that's my real life uh, and reality. Um, so my life is a cross breed between the pursuit of happiness and power just on steroids. Uh, I'm working on trying to get that going. So anybody that can help, I'm looking for a script writer. So if you're a phenomenal script writer, I, I need you. I need you. I, I need you. I'm working on the pitch deck for that. Um, what else I got working on? Uh, I have a few magazines coming out. Um, I was just re- featured on the Hype magazine. Uh, I was featured on three magazines this past four weeks. Uh, and then I have another one coming out tomorrow. Um, what else I'm working on? I have a book coming out of, uh, in May called The Path. It talks about the first quarter of my life. Um, it's called The Path, so be on the lookout for that. And if you're looking for a, a decent speaker, hopefully I did okay on the show. If you're looking for a decent speaker to come out and speak at your conference, um, at your event, or you know, if you're looking for a business consultant, somebody to help you structure your business, please reach out to me or cater your show or host your show. I'd love to do that. And May 28th, though, in the Atlanta area, in the Atlanta area, I'm going to be hosting a domestic violence conference for women. And mm. I encourage men to come out. Not women. I want the men to come out. I, I want to talk about this subject because every woman's talking about this subject, but the men, we, 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 we don't want to step up. We don't want to talk about this subject, right? Um, and I'm not saying men are impacted by this, but the numbers are just not the same, right? Um, I'm doing this conference because I really want a male narrative and a male voice on this subject. Mm. Uh, and it's okay to tell the woman's side of the story, the victim, and remove her from the situation. But if we don't deal with the problem, which is the person that's the abuser, then there's going to be another victim. Right. I can remove the person from the situation. And that's, we're supposed to do that. And I can tell their story. I'm going to do that. But then what about the abuser? If we don't target them and solve that problem, then the next woman, then the next woman, you get the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really want to do a conference on that. That's coming out May 28th in the Atlanta area. Um, please be on the lookout for that on Eventbrite. Um, and I, I hope I can get support. Um, I believe that Andrew was able to book, I'm not going to put his name out yet, but he played in um, Coming uh, Come to America too. Um, which is a pretty big movie. He's an actor in that, sh- in that movie. He's going to be one of the panelists. Oh, um, wow. So I'm really excited about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little excited about that. Man. I ain't up front with you now. <laughs> little boy kind of excited about that. I ain't up front with you now. Um, and we're, we're working on some other names. Um, recently, I just had a IG interview with the girl from Power, um, Tariq's twin sister that had died. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had an interview with her and um, I've been going back and forth with her trying to see if I can get her to come as well. Um, and I, the, the goal is really to bring awareness to the situation, but not to bring us, but bring about some solutions. If I can get like a few men in therapy or a few women in therapy, I'll be ecstatic. I'll be ecstatic. So those are some things I'm working on. Um, I'm just looking forward to you guys bringing me out. Um, I believe I'm worth, I'm worth bring, bring, coming out. I believe I have something of substance. So if you have an event or anything going on, reach out to me. Um, I love to come out. I'm, I'm worth the money. So thank you guys. <laughs> there you have it guys. I know you've enjoyed my interview with Deja Talks. 
right mm-hmm. here on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, uh, I, you know, again, he is doing some big things and uh, has a wealth of knowledge and he's willing to share it with you. And so uh, I encourage you to uh, reach out to him. Dejan, give them your website where they can uh, connect with you and your oh, yeah, social sir. media as well. I keep everything simple. I'm not like everybody else. So it's pretty much everywhere you go. If you put D-E-J-E-A-N talks, whether it's a website, IG, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, don't care where you go. If you just put in Dijon talks everywhere, like my name is written on this thing right here, you're going to be able to find me everywhere. I keep it simple, right? I'm very plain Jane. So easy to find me. Dijon talks on all platforms, all websites. Uh, and yeah, reach out to me guys. Inbox me. I always respond. I'm not one of those bougie people that look at your message on IG and then don't, don't ever respond. I actually do respond to everybody. If you comment on my stuff, I'm one of those guys that actually go through every comment and say, thank you. Um, I'm actually that guy. Um, cause I, I'm, I'm grateful because without an audience, without a listening ear, I am nothing because right. I'm a voice. I need an ear. A voice needs an ear. So I'm grateful to all of the listeners and I'm just humbled. Um, so that's how you would track me on everything. All right. There you have it. Thanks again, Dejan, for being with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We wish you nothing but success in all that you do. We hope we, uh, we've, we've um, created a, a connection and established a relationship with you. And we hope to have you back on the Thinking Out Loud radio show very soon. May God continue to bless you. Thank you, King. Thank you. Appreciate you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95, or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. It's time, 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 time,
but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. This week's thought comes from none other than two-time Oscar-winning actor Denzel Washington. In a commencement address he entitles, Put God First, he shares with us keys to not only his success, but yours as well. Take a listen. Number one, put God first. Put God first in everything you do. Everything that you think you see in me, everything that I've accomplished, everything that you think I have, and I have a few things. Everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. 40 years ago, March 27th, 1975, it was 40 years ago, uh, just this past March, I was flunking out of college. I had a 1.7 grade point average. I hope none of you can relate. <laughs> I had a 1.7 grade point average. I was sitting in my mother's beauty shop. They still call it beauty shop now? What they call it? Yeah, I was sitting in the beauty parlor. I was sitting in my mother's beauty parlor and I'm looking in the mirror and I see behind me this woman under the dryer. And every time she looked up, she every time I looked up, she was looking at me, just looking me in the eye. And I didn't know who she was. And I said, you know, she said, somebody give me a pen. Give me a pencil. I have a prophecy. March 27, 1975. She said, boy, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now, mind you, I flunked out of college. I'm thinking about joining the army. I didn't know what I was going to do. And she's telling me I'm going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Well, I have traveled the world. And I have spoke to millions of people. But that's not the most important thing, the success that I had. The most important thing is that what she taught me and what she told me that day has stayed with me since. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. I've kept God in my life and has kept me humble. I didn't always stick with him, but he always stuck with me. So stick with him in everything you do. If you think you want to do what you think I've done, then do what I've done and stick with God. Number two, fail big. That's right. Fail big. Today is the beginning of the rest of your life, and it can, be, it can be very frightening. It's a new world out there. It's a mean world out there, and you only live once. So do what you feel passionate about, passionate about. Take chances professionally. Don't be afraid to fail. There's an old IQ test was nine dots, and you had to draw five lines with a pencil within these nine dots without lifting the pencil. The only way to do it was to go outside the box. So don't be afraid to go outside the box. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big. 
to dream big. But remember, dreams without goals are just dreams. And they ultimately fuel disappointment. So have dreams, but have goals. Life goals, yearly goals, monthly goals, daily goals. I try to give myself a goal every day. Sometimes just to not curse somebody out. <laughs> Simple goals, but have goals. And understand that to achieve these goals, you must apply discipline and consistency. In order to achieve your goals, you must apply discipline, which you have already done, and consistency every day, not just on Tuesday and miss a few days. You have to work at it every day. You have to plan every day. You've heard the saying, we don't plan to fail, we fail to plan. Hard work works. Working really hard is what successful people do. And in this text, tweet, twerk world that you've grown up in, <laughs> remember, just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Remember that. Just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Don't confuse movement with progress. My mother told me, she said, yeah, because you can run in place all the time and never get anywhere. So continue to strive, continue to have goals, continue to progress. Number three, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I'll say it again. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I don't care how much money you make, you can't take it with you. And it's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. We all have different talents. Some of you will be doctors, some lawyers, some scientists, some educators, some nurses, some teachers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> some preachers. The most selfish thing you can do in this world is help someone else. Why is it selfish? Because the gratification, the goodness that comes to you, the good feeling, the good feeling that I get from helping others, nothing's better than that. Not jewelry, not big house I have, not the cars, but the, the, it's the joy. That's where the joy is in helping others. That's where the success is. Finally, I pray that you put your slippers way under the bed tonight so that when you wake up in the morning, you have to get on your knees to reach them. And while, you, and while you're down there, say thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for parents. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for humility. Thank you for peace. Thank you for prosperity. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours.
It's how I live my life. That's why I, why I am, one of the reasons why I am today. Say thank you in advance for what is already yours. True desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you sent beforehand to indicate that it's yours already. I'll say it again. True desire in the heart, that itch that you have, whatever it is you want to do, that thing that you want to do to help others and to, to grow and to make money, that desire, that itch, that's God's proof to you sent beforehand already to indicate that it's yours. And anything you want good, you can have. So claim it. Work hard to get it. When you get it, reach back. Pull someone else up. Each one, teach one. Don't just aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference. I know you were blessed by that dynamic commencement address given by two-time Oscar-winning actor and distinguished gentleman, Denzel Washington. There's no better advice, I think, that anyone can give than to put God first in everything that you do. Special shouts out to my good friend, Dejan Talks for being with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for the insights that you shared about your life and how you are helping those men who are still incarcerated to not only get their physical, but their mental as well as their spiritual freedom. Shouts out to him. If you want to know more about what he is doing, go to his website, Dejan Talks. Dot com to get more information about where he's what he's doing and how you can connect with this powerful young man of God. That's DejanTalks.com, D-E-J-E-A-N-T-A-L-K-S.com. Shouts out to each and every one of you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. We truly, truly appreciate each and every one of you. As I said earlier, we're excited again about what's happening in the genre of Christian hip-hop. Uh, if you love uh, Christian hip-hop as much as I do, then you want to tune in uh, to the next couple of weeks of the Thinking Out Loud radio shows. We're going to be interviewing some very influential people that are part of what's going on in this uh, expanding and growing genre of Christian hip-hop. The CEO of uh, Holy Culture, James Russo, goes by Trig. Uh, and they have um, now, they are now on uh, Sirius XM Channel 154. Sirius XM Channel 154. We're going to be interviewing him and sharing that interview with you uh, in the next week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. 
So very excited about this interview that's coming up. So stay tuned for that. Also, we're going to be interviewing uh, entrepreneur and CHH artist, uh, my good friend Dice Gamble. Uh, she is the proprietor of CHH University, and she's also one of the DJs uh, on uh, Holy Culture Radio on Sirius XM Channel 154. Shouts out to her. She's going to be on the following week. So, guys, we've got a great lineup of guests that we want you to tune in for on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So very, very excited about the shows that we have coming up right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the world wide web. Remember, you can find our show just about everywhere you listen to your podcast, including our own personal ministry website, michaelnimmons.com. We truly appreciate all of your support. And if you or someone you know would like to be a part of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, do us a favor, drop us a line, hit us up at our at our, uh, at our email address at contact at michaelnemis.com, contact at michaelnemis.com, or on any of our social media platforms at TOL Radio Host MSN. DM us or hit us up on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud HQ. Thinking Out Loud HQ. We'd be more than happy to take a look at what you what you have and to consider having you as, as our next guest right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Well, guys, we get ready to get out of here, but always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. show if you like the show be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get more info about the show and the ministry visit michaelnemons.com want to book radio host michael nemons for your next special event send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com tune in every tuesday at 8 p.m for the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you